This is the Saturate Podcast. Saturate is committed to seeing a gospel movement happen in North America and beyond, in which every man, woman, and child have a daily encounter with Jesus in word and deed. This podcast is an ongoing conversation with disciples and leaders growing in the gospel and growing in living the implications of the gospel in community and on mission. Welcome to the Saturate Podcast. My name is Brad Watson, and today I have Ben Connolly joining me once again to talk about what's essential to a missional community. Uh, we've talked through several topics. Uh, ben, uh, Steve Hart, uh, even CJ Bergman has all sort of contributed to this series that we've done over the summer on what's essential. <laughs> even, even CJ. Even CJ has contributed. <laughs> uh, I like that. That's welcome to the podcast, Ben. Uh, but basically, this whole series has been about forming missional communities and what makes a missional community a missional community. As people have been confused from time to time about thinking that it needs to be this really narrow, specific thing or some narrow story that they've heard. It's like, oh, it needs to be a walkable community and you know we need to do barbecues and that's what a missional community is when really what we've been trying to do Ben is explain no these are kind of the marks of a missional community and you definitely need all of these so definitely need to be rooted in the gospel definitely need to be rooted in your identity in Christ uh, you'd be rooted in mission and purpose and caring for the poor and you need to be seeking spiritual healing and repentance and truth like those are kind of the basic fundamental in- ingredients to like what makes a missional community a missional community. And so Ben, I wanted to have you back on for just one final wrap up mm-hmm. episode uh, to see if we missed anything, uh, but also to see uh, if there's yeah ways that we can help people build on this foundation that maybe we've laid for them. So here's this trick question yeah. for you on this series, and you've been involved in it a lot. Uh, what are some of the things that you're like, man, as I've talked about these things or listened to them, I've realized me and my church, we've kind of drifted away from mm. some of these or, oh, yeah, this has been a good reminder. Um, which has, Have there been any of those conversations for you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't feel like that's a trick question. It's actually something that um, our elders have talked about uh, a little bit over the the past year. Um, I don't think that the city church has, has drifted away from gospel centeredness, which is, is, is the foundation. It's the, the first one that we talked about back in the very beginning of the series and rightly so. I don't think that we could be accused of, of drifting away from gospel centeredness or even kind of a gospel, gospel saturation as, as our, as our desire. Um, but I think, I think that that in some uh, moments over the last almost decade, our church is nine years old since we planted. Um, mm. We could probably be accused of assuming the gospel, mm. and so what we end up talking about, and I say we, that this is this is primarily something that that I realized about myself as I teach and, and lead and that kind of stuff. The, the danger of assuming the the gospel foundation. Mm. And then we're just looking at the, you know, the the hardwoods on the floor, or the walls that are being built, or that kind of stuff, and right. and realizing like the foundation may be fine, but but maybe it's also not fine. Mm-hmm. And so if we just talk about some of the 
some of the even some of the other good things that we've covered in this series but but we forget that everything has to start with the uh overt maybe even feels like we over explain <laughs> the the gospel mm-hmm. but 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 to always do that and be willing to over explain it so there's never a question of of motivation there's never a question of of empowerment there's never a question of um where the true source of this and the true goal of this comes from yeah that that is essential and 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 frankly is something that um that i at least can can fall in the trap of and and that our our elders have discussed as a church that the gospel can be as yeah i mean i think that's very true and i think another thing that we often do is we don't allow the gospel to be fresh for us as leaders. Mm-hmm. And I know I, I always find like that to be a tricky thing. You know, it needs to be fresh, but there's a reality to us maybe coming to grips with the gospel anew. And maybe that's what even motivates people to do missional churches and those things as they realize and they're wrecked by, Oh no, like all along, it's not about what I do. It's about how great Jesus is. And there's this whole new world we walk into about the work and the person of Jesus and his death and his resurrection. And we're just blown away. But then I think what happens is we just kind of harp back to the same explanations or the same phrases or one liners over and over again. And then we say, Oh, well that's gospel centered because I said the same phrase over and over again. And the gospel ceases to be, Uh, true for our daily experience, the gospel is still true. It's still what we ascribe to as our fundamental belief. And we say it's the center, but daily our experience becomes more and more like, well, I'm making some really good decisions and I'm pretty wise and I'm pretty thoughtful. And, you know, the gospel's important for those people around me. So now I need to really believe the gospel for the pagans Mm -hmm. who are my neighbors and my coworkers. They need to get it because I've already gotten it. And I think that that's something that happens often uh, when we think of the, like these essentials even. We're like, oh, yeah, I got it moving on. And we, and we just sort of feed people acronyms or one-liners or drawings, over and o- the same ones over and over again. Yeah. And it actually doesn't help build a gospel culture in a community. Yeah, and, and I think that you know, the, the solace of, uh, of, of assuming the gospel or some of these foundational things is, is that you know, Paul and Peter and the, their friends that we call the apostles uh, are constantly reminding the first century church of the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And, and again, not that it makes it any better, um, but it at least makes us human <laughs> and um, yeah. it helps us remember, like it's not because of our culture that we're forgetting the gospel. It's not because of our ministry philosophy that we can uh, assume the gospel or this kind of stuff. Like, it's just, it's a very, human thing to constantly be be reminded of what paul says is of first importance and right i I think it's keller um who we have to quote at least once in any podcast at least yeah um yeah he talks about you know being of first importance doesn't mean it's doesn't mean it's the abcs of of the christian life but the a to z Mm -hmm. and and i think that that's that's for me for our elders for our leaders for the soma family for satra i'm guessing for every person listening to this it's it's a really really hard thing to 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 dwell on as the true a to z Mm -hmm. fluency piece of it the, the 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 gospel in everyday present life piece of it right and frankly, some of that, you know, I 
I, I have to believe is is part of the spiritual war that we're in, the, the war for our minds and the the battles that mm-hmm. we face every day. And sure, some of it's just ignorance and forgetfulness and humanism and Western individualism. But man, who's to say those things are separate and that somehow it's not also part right. of this cosmic spiritual war that we're in the midst of without even knowing it. Yeah, there's we we are immersed into a counter gospel mm-hmm. all the time, unless we're with our brothers and sisters in Christ who are reminding us of the gospel. Um, and then I think, you know, another piece that you brought up is, you know, Paul and Peter and their explanation of the gospel through the New Testament. Uh, you can add uh, John Mark to that, Matthew, Luke, John, Jesus's favorite, all of that. You can add all of those guys to that group too. And what you find is that uh, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 is not an efficient or a sufficient picture of the gospel. We need all of these other examples and explanations and nuances and flavors from all from the whole council of God's word yeah. to really give us a full picture of the gospel. Yeah. And so I think that's even to get like, that's kind of what I'm getting at with this freshness is like the Bible, if you want to be gospel centered and repentant and care for the poor and be on mission and all of these things, then the Bible, the very word of God, the full revelation of God's redemptive history towards humanity becomes this essential fabric that weaves through every one of those other things. And right. it's, it's not enough just to have even the, the first importance passage memorized. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need, all of the scripture and we need to be like returning to it over and over again because it, it keeps offering us new insights and new angles and new glimmers of the gospel mm-hmm. that you know we're not we're not seeing just by reading one letter yeah uh, or one piece of a letter or one coffee mug quote <laughs> wait wait what wait yeah yeah which is, and that's even true for the Old Testament as well. I was just talking about the New Testament, but it's if if Jesus sits his disciples down after he's raised, been raised from the dead, and he's like, "Okay, now what I really need to do with you right now is not tell you what happened when I was in the tomb mm-hmm. or what death felt like. I need to tell you what what I was doing and how every piece of this scripture points towards me. Right, like that's what you need to see. Yeah, yeah. So then I. I yeah, I think that's essential as well. Yeah, and I, and I love that you're like you're 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 speaking both to like the you know the meta narrative and also the specifics in scripture. Mm-hmm. It, it's it seems, and this is really odd to me. It seems like there's in the name of biblical theology and the story of God, the 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 big picture. It, it seems like there's almost a, a pendulum swing away from like the 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 pieces that make up that big picture, mm-hmm. and. And it's almost like we forget like <laughs> you only have the, the, the mosaic if all the pieces are there kind of thing. And that, that you're right. I mean, every, every old Testament verse and type and foreshadowing of Jesus matters and every new Testament reflection on Jesus matters. And, and I remember one of the mm-hmm. first times that I talked with Jeff Vanderstelt about, about gospel fluency, we were musing on how, how it only works if, if you know the promises of God, Right, and if you know right. what God says to be true about Himself and what God says to be true about us, because mm-hmm. otherwise you can you just lead people to to a diagnosis of what's wrong, but you don't have the balm and the remedy to give them. Mm-hmm. I know where I'm placing my identity and that it's false, 
but where should I be placing my identity? Right. I don't know. Like, if we don't know the answer to that, then <laughs> then gospel mm-hmm. fluency is just a, a a burden that leaves us empty and longing. And so the the written word of God, which then points us to the the living word of God in Christ, mm-hmm. has to be uh, the the an a another foundational piece. If if any of this is going to work, if gospel centrality is going to work, if repentance and faith is going to work, if if healing is going to work, like because because it's only in the, mm-hmm. the written word of God. The movement of the Spirit of God, the the person and work of of Jesus, continually applied to our lives, that um, that we know what any of those things are, much less how to mm-hmm. how to live them out by the power of the Spirit. Right. If we believe it's the words of life, and it has authority and power and truth in a world that's it's spinning into chaos where there is no truth. And people are trying to grapple for something. Right. Man, if, if we're going to imagine doing any of this stuff and reducing the Bible to a how-to on mission, like, oh, yeah, what does Jesus do to make disciples? That's what the Bible's good for. Mm-hmm. Or, like, without if – it, if it's, like, every word, uh, every sentence, every chapter is telling us something about God – then we should look at every sentence and word and chapter, right? Yeah, um, yeah. With a with a wonder and with an amazement, and I, it's so true. Like I know Jeff has a lot of Vanderstelt has a lot of people in his life trying to encourage him to tell people, like, hey, you know, you should remind people in your gospel fluency workshop that you've read the Bible every year, cover to cover, for like twenty plus years, yeah. and that helps you draw upon this incredible wealth too speak the gospel into other people's life because you know the truth and the promises of, of God. Yeah. Uh, so any other things that, you know, as you've, as you've journeyed through this with me, these essentials yes, that have stuck out to you as, Oh man, well, there's another important piece or there's another uh, common thread like the scriptures or like gospel centrality that, that we should talk about before we put a close to this series. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, looking back and, and remembering the conversations about the gospel and, and identity and, you know, knowing what Steve and CJ and just some really good conversations. I, I loved it, especially the, the caring for the friends in need and just the mm-hmm. the, the, the simplicity <laughs> of that and, and how how much the gospel is, is seen in, in those kind of things. But I, I don't know. I think that the the idea of freedom and taking mm. all of these things and contextualizing it to specific people who are in missional communities and churches in specific places all around the world that are not Tacoma, Washington, or Culver City, California, or Fort Worth, Texas, or you know, they they, they it's, it's easy to hear a story about how something works and say, that must be how mm-hmm. it's done. Then, Right. And there's such a danger to that. And there's such also a propensity to want to see that in, in the church world, I think. And I don't have a, an, an issue with churches wanting to train people by any means, but to, to, to show up at any church of, of any denomination, of any size, of any ministry philosophy, whatever, a conference to say, Hey, here's kind of how we do some of these things is not a bad mm. thing unless 
you're taking pictures of how the lobby looks and going back and repainting your church lobby because you <laughs> think that that's actually what made it work rather than the spirit of God mm-hmm. and, and knowing the context that it's in and that kind of stuff. And so, right. so I think there's a little bit, there's always a, a, a worry or a wonder in me. And, and, and I think, you and I both uh, been on a stage talking to the Soma family about this, that will become a network or a family of churches um, known for a specific implementation of a ministry philosophy mm-hmm. and will lose the, mm-hmm. the spirit the spirit led principles and theology, the gospel and the identities and the things that only as an outflow creates that specific implementation, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So in a word, we need, we need God, the spirit to show up um, and to be our, our true teacher um, more than anything that you and I and others have said on any podcast, more than any, Thing that frankly any commentator has said or, <laughs> or church leaders said like we, we we have to rely on god the spirit to to show us mm-hmm. if, if this is a biblical conviction that we have h- how can that best be played mm-hmm. out in my specific mission field at this specific point in in history and on this on, on this earth at this moment yeah absolutely and i think that that that's often at saturate and i yeah and some for a long time too we've received co- real specific questions looking for that, almost like how do you paint the foyer? And I know many of you listeners have given us some of these questions, so I do not mean to diminish you at all, but some of the questions are like, so what exactly do you do, you know, moment by moment when your missional community gets together? Because that's what I want to do. Or how do we, uh, what do I need to say to my kids exactly so that they'll understand the gospel? Mm -hmm. Or, uh, how do we, so can you tell me exactly how to throw a barbecue or how to like have a friend over? Like, what am I supposed to say? And, and I think that partly like to commend people, I think that that demonstrates like an earnestness to be faithful and like a seriousness to say like, oh, like I want to do this well. Like I want to, I'm not just trying to go for mediocre and like, how do I do right. the minimum to be a missional yeah, community? Yeah. Like people are like, no, I really yeah, want to yeah. excel at this. Like I'm going to put the best of me into seeing a community of disciples grow in the gospel and demonstrate the gospel. Like I'm going to put my, my best stuff into that, which is, so that's awesome. I think that's part of what those questions are saying. I think the other part that the questions are saying too, is uh, we've kind of lost the ability, like you are saying to pause and listen to the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit and listen to the people around us to come up with the the best kind of, I don't know, solutions or ideas. Yeah. Um, like how can we just sort of pause and say, Oh, like what is God asking me to do mm-hmm. next? And how can I do that? And that gets into this super fuzzy area that a lot of people feel uncomfortable with about listening to the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit and depending, being dependent on the Holy Spirit, which I think is a better phrase. Sometimes listening to the Holy Spirit makes him kind of a counselor or an advisor. Like, yeah, I've got my 401k guy and I listen to his financial Mm. advice. Whereas to be spirit dependent means we can't walk, jump, eat, drink without the Holy Spirit. Um, I was talking to one of our, one of the guys in my missional community yesterday and he was talking to me about how awesome his wife is because she truly sees the Holy Spirit as this crutch 
that she needs and able to do anything Mm -hmm. in life and that the Holy Spirit has to embody her or she can't go to work, talk to people, do anything. And he's just blown away by just how amazing his wife is, which kudos to him. Uh, He loves his wife, but I, that picture is really good. Like to be that dependent on the very spirit of God who has made us a temple uh, because the, the presence of God dwells within us and the power of God dwells within us. Yeah. We, we can't do anything without it. And so the spirit will probably instruct us better than, and it will instruct you definitely better than, uh, than you and I could do for sure. Like we're, we're, we're bad Holy spirit substitutes. I fully agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) Which is great. Brad, I'd love to know kind of just from your experience, kind of what's, if I, if I may, you know, turn the interview um, and ask you a question. Turn it. Yeah. Well, like, what is, what does that look like for, for you, um, for you and Mirella and, and the community that you guys have walked with? Um, Cause again, like this is, <laughs> this is the danger, right? Like, Hey, we should, we should walk by the spirit. Great. How do you do that? Give me your five step plan. Um, <laughs> obviously that's not what I'm asking, but, um, but especially like that, that is a new concept for, for, for many folks. Um, and, and so I, I, yeah, I would love to hear, I know a little bit of, uh, of you guys. And so I'd love to know kind of what that's looked like for you. Yeah, totally. I, I think that's fair. Uh, <laughs> I think for us, we've really tried to, or at least for me and my, well, both of us were very logical people. I think we're, we love studying the Bible and, and that has actually been a super foundational piece for us being dependent on the Holy Spirit and seeing what is the Holy Spirit doing in the Bible. And so whenever we see those things happening in our lives, maybe that's the Holy Spirit. So for example, like the Holy Spirit is giving people dreams. The Holy Spirit is compelling people. The Holy Spirit is keeping people from being able to do something they want to do. Uh, The Holy Spirit opens doors so people have to walk through them. The Holy Spirit makes you feel bad about sin and gives you sorrow for sin. And, but the Holy spirit also reminds you how good Jesus is and, and all of that. And I think if you're just starting to become aware of your need to be dependent on the spirit, you've probably seen evidence of the spirit in your life. You've just sort of passed it off as, well, that was a good sermon or that was a weird thing that happened once. Like I must've eaten bad pizza. That dream was so out there. But really, I think that the Holy Spirit is super active in people's lives, whether they believe so or not. I think that's the irony for Mr. John MacArthur is, <laughs> bless his heart, Holy Spirit keeps working, even if he doesn't think that those gifts are working. Uh, and they're working through his church. And so I think that's a big piece is to become aware of those things uh, in a more very, you know, very practical way. I try to pause myself and listen intently without saying anything. So praying without talking uh, and try to uh, either open up a Psalm, take deep breaths, uh, maybe ask the Holy Spirit a question. Uh, So for us right now, it's, are we supposed to buy a house in this neighborhood of Los Angeles? Show us the house, lead us to the house that we're supposed to be at. Mm. Um, And then talking to one another and saying, what is the spirit saying about that? What are we 
what are we hearing God say? And so I think it's those sorts of dramatic things, as well as when it relates to leading in a community, uh, we ask, you know, we, we pray for people and then we say, what do we need to do like next with these people? How do we need to love them more? Uh, what are the next steps? Mm-hmm. And then we go with the, the ideas and the convictions that God puts into our brains and our hearts in those moments, you know, uh, Oh, we're, we should invite them over for coffee because I would say this for people wanting to be dependent on the spirit. The worst possible scenario is that like you tell somebody about the gospel and the Holy Spirit didn't tell you to in that moment, but you did anyway. Like, I don't know. That's not that bad of a scenario. Uh, you bore witness. And yeah, because I think some people are like, you know, sitting in the grocery line and they're like, I think maybe the Holy Spirit is like convicting me to like ask this person a question about their life and say, Hey, how are you doing? And like care. I think maybe the Holy Spirit's calling me to do that, but I'm not sure. Maybe the Holy Spirit's not telling me to do that. It's like, bro, like the worst possible outcome is you ask this person about their life and care for them. I think you should just go for that, which even I think, you know, kind of back to the scriptures, you know, the Holy Spirit's not going to ask you to do something that's a sin and the Holy Spirit's not going to do something that elevates you or some other person or some other thing above Christ. And that's, those are pretty good rules to go by. Um, but if it's not those things, it could totally be the the spirit that's trying to give people an idea without giving them too much of an yeah. idea. I don't know. Does that help Ben? Yeah, I think so. I think there's, there's a, a simplicity of it. Um, that that's, that was long lost on me that I appreciate here and here. And you kind of remind me of the, uh, the vein of, of church and faith that that was kind of s- surrounding me as I came to know Jesus as one that did not, not pursue the things, mm-hmm. not pursue the, the, the ongoing work of the spirit, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know, as a few years ago, I just, you know, reading through the Psalms and was, was taken aback by the number of times that the psalmists said, you know, lead me, teach me, I, I wait for the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's one of the, the things I appreciate most about what you said. Like we pray and then we actually expect that like he might do something, respond in some way. And, mm-hmm. even, you know, even most overtly, the, the psalmists say, I think it's 15 or 16 times, like an- answer me. They ask God to answer, answer their prayers. Yeah. And, and, and what a, what an interesting thing that was, again, it's just so lost on me, <laughs> but, but looking back on it, like what an interesting thing to, to pray to God. And then, even to ask him for things, even simple things like daily bread and forgiveness of sins, and then not to actually wait for an answer mm-hmm. per se. And again, answers can look a lot of different ways, like you said, but one of the most interesting things that kind of shook me in the simplicity of of paying attention to the Spirit's work in, in the normalcy of it, not that there's anything, I mean, it's always extraordinary, but 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 it also isn't always like, you know, bright and shining Shekinah glory every time the Spirit's doing work. Like there's, there's a normalcy in the Christian life that you see in the Bible of of being Spirit-led. And mm-hmm. and it was a friend of mine and a friend of Soma's who, who insaturates, who's, who kind of said, like, every time you open your Bible and you say, God, would you help me understand this? Mm-hmm. You're declaring, even if you don't know it, a dependence on the Spirit. Yeah, And, and even like the simplicity, and again, like this is a very, that, that helped in a term, again, normalize the work of the spirit for me and kind of go, Oh yeah, like I've done that for a long time. Right. And, and, and I, I appreciate the, the extraordinary ordinariness of the work of, of the spirit. Mm-hmm. 
and again, just even, you know, we, we send church planning residents and we do this with our own missional community leaders, you know, we send them out on, you know, kind of recon, recon trips around neighborhoods or new cities they're moving to and that kind of stuff. And just pray that God will open their eyes to, to help them see some of the, mm-hmm. some of the truths of the city and some of the lies that the city believes. And, you know, and, and, and I don't know that I've ever heard of someone, you know, saying that they saw the Lord appear above a certain house and say, this is a dark house or this is where the person of peace lives, yeah. but they, they're able to see things and, and have some sort of, mm-hmm. you know, insight that doesn't come from a demographic search of the last census data right. kind of thing. Totally. And that's, and that, that's a really sweet thing. Yeah. And I think then that, that basically translates into, you know, spirit dependence as opposed to like a model dependence or dependence on a leader or a system or something like that means that when you're, when you confront a problem that you don't know what to do with, instead of being like, Oh, like, let me just, let me send an email to this person and have them shoot me the perfect answer. Um, or think, Oh, I just need to get back to like figuring this out the right way. Maybe it means for you, you just pause and say, God, I, I completely need your help to know how to do yeah. this. And I, I, I need you to, to help me and to work through me, uh, even as I stumble t- forward in this, I think is a, is a powerful way to step into that dependence yeah, yeah. On, on the character of God. Yeah, I, I think I would just love to experience just for, for even a moment like what, what Jesus talks about in, in John five of the father, the son can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees the father doing. Uh, and, and just again, like the, the, the interworking of the Trinity there, which you can say, Oh, he was Jesus. But in his fully, in his fully manness, what that means is he's, mm-hmm. he, he sees what the father's doing. He knows it's what the father's doing because of the power of the spirit and, and that level of, of dependence and just immersion in the stuff of God would, Man, I just can't. I can't imagine how sweet that would be. It gets me excited yeah. for uh, for eternity because yeah, I'll get. I'll bet we'll get a little glimpse of it. That'll be awesome, and I think that that's that's so beautiful. And yeah, I, I hope that that we can get there, and I hope that people even are encouraged as they hear these these essentials, and they might even think of, "Wow, I could do this in my Sunday school class." Uh, because nowhere did we say like, oh, it has to be in a really cool house. Uh, nowhere did we say it has to be in a city. Missional communities, the essentials is a city or r- rural or suburban or with white collar people or with blue collar people or you have to read a bunch or any of those other things. But uh, hopefully what we've been sharing is just uh, these are the these are the basic ingredients to this recipe and and the spirit will will breathe on them in a ton of different ways and we've even you know in this series try to refrain from giving super specific stories from our own lives because we've been wanting to to leave that open for people to to really hear and, and see that and so i just kind of encourage all you listeners out there to take some time to be quiet to talk to other people about this to pursue these truths in the scriptures uh, and then look around you and say, like, what is God doing? What are the people that God's given me to love? Like, what what are the areas of influence he's given me? And how can I love them and and go from there? Yeah. And to celebrate even the smallest wins, I think. I don't know if mm-hmm. specifically hit on this, but it's, it's, it's a, 
it's a perseverance, long suffering, true broken heart for the for the place that God has put us in, and, and the desire to see His kingdom come and His will be done here. And it turns out that's not a five minute or <laughs> two year goal. <laughs> Praise God if there's moments that that it seems like fruit is happening, but but even the image of, of fruit is after long seasons of tilling up the ground and planting seeds and watering and weeding and that kind of stuff. And so to to, to celebrate small things that we see God doing and then to rightly give him glory for it and to rest in his grace in the moments where we don't feel like there's anything happening is, is, a, is a pretty pretty final essential. The same spirit that started this thing is, uh, is the only spirit that's going to sustain us um, to see his good work finished in us and, and to, to prepare us for the day when, when God will tell us, well done, good and faithful servant. That's so good. And that's a great place to end this series. And so, yeah, thank you all for listening to this eight-part series. Hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, continue to ask us questions, even though I might have made you feel bad in this, year, in the, this episode. Uh, but continue to, to press on. Very encouraged by all the people that somehow are, are hearing the Spirit of God speak to them through podcasts and begin living a life following Jesus where you are or are leading afresh with a new encouragement. So, yeah, excited for for all that God might do through this series and uh, we'll be connecting again soon. Today's podcast was edited by Ben Fort and our theme music is written and performed by the band Mopac. Saturate's hope is to see one missional community for every 1,000 people in every city as we see the glory of God fill every person, every place, and every church. We participate in this vision by curating resources, training, coaching, consulting, and many more ways. Find out more at saturatetheworld.com.